0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Get the scoop
1: on Tigers today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brown. Cut.
1: Welcome uh, back to Tigers SRD here on the Tigers Minor League Report Network. I think that's what Rogelio always says. Uh, I'm here, Chris Brown, here with uh, Uper. And Rogelio is on assignment in West Michigan. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's had a whirlwind week uh, traveling down to Lakeland to catch a couple games uh, for the Flying Tigers down there. And right now, as we speak, he's in uh, Comstock Park basically grand rapids watching the west michigan whitecaps and uh you know so he just handed uh, duties over to me and it's me and you here we're going to try to guide you through the last week of tigers baseball so hopefully we do it right i don't know what else i have to plug i think he usually says hey find us on various podcasting platforms uh yep. google play stitcher uh itunes all that good stuff i i assume that if you're listening to this on a podcast you already know where to get podcasts but i guess it's something we got to say so anyway you how you doing
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm all stretched out and ready to go. Coming <laughs> off up. a cycle of PEDs here.
1: <laughs> there ready you go.
2: Ready, ready to get the uh, podcast cranked up. You know, I do take good. exception. We say Roger's on assignment. I wonder how many beers and nachos were involved with this assignment.
1: <laughs> that's we'll have to we'll have to ask him later. Yeah, I don't know. I we actually did uh, just as a quick early aside. We also went to a Tigers game this past weekend uh, on Saturday. I've mentioned it a thousand times on the show before, but I, I might as well do it again. That, that my wife's cousin is Alex Kirilov on the and he plays for the Minnesota Twins. Ah. And uh so he was up in the majors and he, he was struggling for the first couple of weeks. It was one of those things where uh, you know, they say, like, oh, he's hitting it hard, they're just not falling. And but and now we can quantify that. And it was absolutely true. He was crushing the ball, it was yep. just always like, you know, two feet from the wall. And then he went off against the Rangers, I think four home runs in a weekend. Yep. So you know, we're family. We're super excited. We we <laughs> go cool. and we we buy four tickets for the Twins game uh, against the Tigers on Saturday, and we get him as close to the visitor dugout in first base as possible because we figured that's where he'll be playing. We're going to yell at him and say hi and wave to yeah. him and all that good stuff, and then he injures his wrist. Ugh. But we had already already had the tickets and my wife and her mother and my son. My son probably would have come, but uh, yeah, my wife and her mother were like, no, no, thanks. Fairweather baseball fans. So <laughs> so I, I got uh, Rahelio and our good friends, uh, Mark Gorash and Brandon Day, and we, we went and had a, made a day of it. And as, as it turns out, it was one of the Tigers' better offensive performances of the year. And, and really, we've seen that for about the last week or so. This has probably been their best stretch of baseball all season.
2: It really has been uh, in terms of it, you know, lengthing length to it. Um, but it's interesting. It's it's a it's a it's led by a bunch of singles. <laughs> yes. So, uh, it's not a it's not a home run barrage where they're getting you know an inordinate amount of fence scrapers and just getting by. They're actually piecing together some rallies, which is interesting because you know when you look at the go up and down the the order of of the batting averages, (laughs) and you see the 180s and the 140s and the 112s. How do you ever uh, piece together a a lengthy rally in any kind of sequence? But this week, they've been able to do it.
1: Yeah, and and they've been walking at a much higher rate than Mm -hmm. in past games. At that game we went to, I, I think... Willie Castro and Nico Goodrum both had a couple walks and, and Robbie Grossman is walking and, and now he's hitting in addition to his walks. And so, yeah, I mean, even, even Miguel Cabrera is chipping in some singles now it, it's a has been hot. So we've seen some of the bets. You're still kind of waiting for Willie Castro to do something. Um, and, uh, and Jonathan scope has has heated up a little bit, but it's still, still isn't doing, uh, you know, hitting for power. So. He seems but, late. He seems late on
2: yeah. a lot of pitches.
1: Well, yeah, and there's there's a, a question that we'll get to a little bit later, but I, I just wonder how much basically moving to first base is messing with him at the plate. I, I don't know. You know, yeah. you, you you assume these are big leaguers and they can handle it, but I I think we've seen it before where any time a guy is is stretched defensively, it kind yeah. of carries over. They say you know don't take your bat at, uh, at bats into the field with you, but I think sometimes that it, it goes the other way too. But. Oh
2: sure. Huh? It's you know it's a lot of stress. I, I would I would see that. I can see that.
1: But uh, it wasn't just the offense. We've we've seen the starting pitching has remained pretty solid. We we mm-hmm. uh, I think we got to see Terek Gubel's best start in the last week. Uh, we've seen Matthew Boy with another excellent outing. Sp- uh, t- uh, Spencer Turnbull was really good today. He was. And, and and even Jose Reina, the game we went to, he wasn't. he was kind of one of those downstarts you expect from a guy with a sinker ball. He gave up like nine hits, was out in the fourth <laughs> inning, but uh, the bullpen was able to save him there. The rest the rest of the week, the bullpen's been kind of an issue. The, uh, boy, the, the first game against the Royals was very nearly one of the more epic collapses of the last few years. I think, what well, were they up? Seven, nothing, or? Seven, nothing going into the uh, Yes, and uh, they had to get a walk-off win, <laughs> which, hey, you know, baseball. You, you you play nine innings for a reason, but uh, uh, yeah,
2: so, so narrow came in and he was uh, he was finding the center of the plate with a lot of-
1: Yes, yeah, it, you know it's it's so hard, and this is this is going to touch a little bit uh, on on something like a working theory of mine that I haven't done any research on, and I'm probably entirely wrong, but it'll also it'll lead us into our next topic, I think, which is uh, I. I've kind of well, we all know that that finding consistent relievers is, is very difficult seeming like it, it just, you know, relievers can be very good one year and very bad mm-hmm. the next for reasons are yes. hard to hard to explain. It's it's just a difficult thing to be able to go out there two or three nights in a row and, and throw hard and execute your pitches. But I kind of I have the sneaking suspicion that this is kind of a, a backwards way to look at it, but but major league teams that have a hard time piecing together a bullpen. I feel like that's a red flag for, for their minor league development ability, ability, if you will. Um, It's kind of, like I said, it's kind of a a funky way of thinking, but I always think, you know, there there are hundreds and hundreds of really good arms out there. Yeah. And some teams just seem to be able to find a way to get, make a guy more effective. It's, it's, it's in doing that at the, in, in with major league bullpens I mean you're at the highest level but it also seems like these are there's a certain subset of players you're choosing from where you mm-hmm. basically just have to make a little bit of uh, of a tweak and it's the organizations like the Rays or the Athletics that yep. you see consistently fielding good bullpens somehow Padres yep yeah Padres and and you know the Dodgers have had some issues but they still find find these guys and it makes me wonder like just if, if their ability to develop, if you will, at the major league level is a good sign of what they can do in the minors. And conversely, teams that <laughs> just forever will have terrible bullpens, it's a sign of, of they don't really know what they're doing. But like I said, just a working theory. Haven't looked into it. Don't know how I can even quantify it.
2: And the thing with when you have when you talk about the Tigers and the decade long malaise of bullpen work, <laughs> it just we just never have that depth. Um you know, arm—it's just not there ever.
1: Oh, yeah. I, you know what? I lost your, I lost your audio just a second ago. I don't know what happened there, but um, oh, sorry. Think, no, it's it's probably not your fault, but
2: but I was just saying, you know, I think that the Tigers never have that depth of the fifth or sixth arm. You know, they're always. Mm-hmm. I've always had that two or three bullpen people that they rely on and they just never have, uh, they can never really extend beyond that.
1: Yeah, no, it certainly feels that way. I think, you know, when I've done research back, I think the 2006 bullpen was the best one they had during that that entire run of, of, you know, division winning and, and playoff teams. It was, and again, that, that, yeah, that yeah. that's kind of what's guiding my theory is that even under Dabrowski when the Tigers were very good, they weren't, developing players in the minors for the most part, you know, it was, it's mostly trades and uh, and he was yeah. excellent at that. But, uh, but well, anyway, I that- think
2: the pro scouting, the pro scouting people put, you know, uh, play a role there too. with some mm-hmm. of the, the blame, when you, when you look at the, the rays uh, you know, they went out and got like Fairbanks from, from Texas, you know, nobody's yeah. ever heard of Peter Fairbanks. And all of a sudden you, they plug him in last year um, and he is just a killer from their bullpen now he's hurt this year because that's what bullpen guys do but uh you know somebody in the Rays' pro scouting department uh ferreted out that guy and they targeted him and they do that a lot and so i think you know it's kind of an organizational thing like you're saying it's the development but also it's it's the people who are scouring the the rest of the league too
1: yeah it works in concert you're you're the way you scout, the way you develop, all that stuff. Uh, it, I was thinking too of of Houston. You know, when they first started getting good, even before they were really World Series contenders, they were going out and finding guys and turning them to quality relievers. You know, the the yeah. thinking of with uh, the Peacock fella and yeah. uh, Chris, Chris Davinsky yeah. and and Colin McHugh. Colin McHugh, yeah. So, but but this this gets into what we were going to discuss a little bit. The the article at CBS Sports today from R.J. Anderson, who we we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did some, uh, I guess, remembering and, and that he used to write at Baseball Prospectus, but he's been kind of a, a, a mainline uh, CBS sports writer. And, and he came out today uh, with an article that basically said that the Tigers rebuild has failed and that Al Avila is on thin ice.
2: I would say it was, it, it'd be fair to call it scathing. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what I, I did. I uh, I wrote an article about that article because that's what we can do at MCB. And yeah, I did call it scathing. It, it was. Oh, know, yeah, Okay. It wasn't. You know, yeah, exactly. You, you know, it wasn't like uh, a a point by point takedown in extreme detail, but he hit on all the main points that we've talked about for seemingly years on the mm-hmm. podcast and, and, and in private talks. And, and it's yeah, it goes to the lack of success with other draft picks outside of like top 10, the lack of uh, seeming inability to focus elsewhere. In, in the poor trades or in you know waiver wire pickups and right. uh yeah just all that and, and yeah I, I don't think i i couldn't really dispute anything he said i don't know uh, what, what your initial takeaway was
2: oh you know i, I it, it was definitely that he hit the laundry list um you know you can throw international uh amateur yeah. signings in there as well um the, i think the biggest thing we may have even have touched on it briefly a couple of weeks back you know what is avila's calling card what's his strength what do you say hey we, if nothing else we do that well what else where else can you point to i, I don't know what that is really yeah. um which is a sad commentary when you've been at a job for six years and been the the number one assistant for how many years before that
1: yeah i mean that is one thing that that people don't often mention is that avila has been here since what 2003 i mean yeah. any any of the issues that the Tigers had back with under Dabrowski, he's, you know, seemingly had some something to do with him or, or you know, I guess you, you could also say that he had something to do with the success as well. But, uh, you know, since he's been running the show, it's we haven't seen much. And yeah, the. And I wrote an article about this a couple weeks ago that, it, that it, it just kind of feels like they're treading water at best here that they didn't. And I think RJ touched on it, that. It, it basically feels like they've lost the last six years they they've had all this time to build up these assets and get the prospects going. And, and the system is better. Certainly it's not. It's kind of, I guess, a paper tiger, if you will. We, we've talked about it before. It's very top heavy and yeah. uh, and the the uh, high prospect rankings belie the actual quality of the system.
2: Yeah. It's, it's almost to the point that like, it's so top heavy that they can't afford to be wrong on any of them. Yeah. You know, they have, they have some mega talents seemingly, but if, if, if two of them go South, all of a sudden they're, they're of guys. They don't, they don't, they're not going to have it. So uh, um, yeah. I, yeah. You, you need that second and third tier of, of talent that you can rely on uh, each season.
1: Yeah. And we, we know, <laughs> we know baseball enough to know that, All these guys aren't going to work out, Uh, you know. It's it's possible none of them become the really like all star caliber players that we want. It's right, um, yeah. And and so that that just it that's the biggest issue. Is it feels like they've they've done enough to get the farm system better, but in the meantime, nothing has happened at the big league level. They've they've had some mildly interesting players. But, but basically uh, chewed through Michael Fulmer and Matthew Boyd <laughs> and Daniel Norris. They're good. They're all going to be done in, in a year or so, unless they Definitely. extend them. Jamer Candelario looks good, but uh who knows if they're going to try to extend them. I, you know, uh, Rahelio yeah. wrote a, a piece about that. So, uh, yeah, and, and I know it gets tough because there are still fans who want to believe. I don't know if they're, you know, I don't think they're like Ala Vila fans. They just kind of want to hope. I think maybe there's a little bit of denial there that, that they're just hoping that this is going to work out because they don't want to face what a failure of a rebuild might mean. Um, yeah, but if you, you I think if, if, I think if there's one thing that we've seen uh, and maybe this is just from watching other sports and, and rebuilds, but I think you can see it around baseball too. If you have somebody who's really with it, they can turn things mm-hmm. around relatively quickly. I mean, we're still talking a couple of years, but yep, it, it, it yep. doesn't have to take another six years to, to fix things. Even, You know, even if they rebuild again.
2: Well, I mean, you look at the Cubs, you know, when uh, Epstein and McLeod and Hoyer came in. uh, What was the first year they really stripped it down to nothing like 2013? That sounds about right. And, you know, they were uh, they were a competitive team, I think, three seasons later and they were in the World Series four seasons later. So uh, it can be done. There's no question
1: yeah i mean that was one of the things you know tigers fans wanted to c- compare this rebuild they, they looked at the cubs they looked at the astros and said hey we can do that and mm-hmm. here we are we're basically at the timeline when those teams were in the world series <laughs> or competing yeah. for titles and the tigers are exactly where they were so well it's the astros
2: had like three seasons in a row where they're in the 50s and wins i believe yeah and then the fourth season they came up to around i don't know 72. Uh, and then the next year they were in the mid eighties and they were in a wild card, so that was kind of yeah. their progression. But they really bottomed out. I mean, they went like fifty and one twelve, and yeah, they know, had. And, but the Tigers went forty seven and one fourteen. So I mean, they, there are some <laughs> parallels on the low end. We just we're a long way from the high end right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's it's tough, and and we try not to dwell on the negative too much. Uh, but we started off with the positive. Hey, man, it was a good week for the Tigers, and and that's they're not in last place anymore. Somehow. It's hard to you believe.
2: What's the thing with baseball? It's, you know, uh, we play, they, they play every day. We, we always get to look for a new beginning each night. And even a bad baseball team can, can, can suck you right in if they get a little bit of traction, even for a few days. And they had some traction this week. You know, they got four wins in a row and they're playing decent baseball. I mean, they had some defensive miscues and the bullpen stinks, but they're, um, yeah. They're, they're pulling their offense together a little bit out of the hole. And that's been kind of fun to watch.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing how much more fun it is to watch. <laughs> it's solid baseball that it like, I mean, obviously that's kind of a a no brainer, but I, yeah. I don't know. I would much rather watch like a five, four game than a three, nothing yeah. game. And I, I have no problem with pitching duels, but when mm-hmm. it's, When it's the tigers out there, get like scratching out maybe two hits and not walking and striking out sixteen times. That's just that's not fun at all. So, well,
2: they went through a couple weeks there where they were just so overmatched. They had you just knew they had Mm -hmm. no shot. By about the fifth inning, you could see the handwriting. They had no answers. (laughs) So this week they've had some answers. So it's yeah it,
1: it, it. It'll be fun to, you know, if they can keep it up to a certain degree. It'll be fun to dig in and see what, if anything, they've they've changed. Really, uh, the one thing we did have a couple. There were some roster moves this week. The uh, they cycled through two catchers very quickly, and uh, Rosmo Ramirez, who who uh, we hardly knew ye, he got added to the forty man roster and then got hurt. So yeah. they they you know we saw them. They designated Buck Farmer for assignment. He cleared waivers and he's back with Toledo. They brought Joe Jimenez back up and he once again got destroyed. And And it seems like the writing's been on the wall there for a while, but uh, you know, yeah. you're, you're yeah. on the 40 man. So they got to use him. Uh, and then we had uh, Wilson Ramos was injured. So they brought up Jake Rogers, which I think a lot of fans like to see. And, and I was there for his first game and he, he I think he got a, a big hit in that game and he's looked good on defense mm-hmm. at least so far, his swing is still kind of wild. And, you know, he goes down to one knee more than just about anybody I've ever seen. Uh, and then Grayson Griner gets hurt. So now we have Eric Haas up and he had a nice game today. So it's, it's, they turned over the day catchers day. in one week, but uh, yet the big news there, of course, was, was to make room for Eric Haas. The Tigers released Franklin Perez, the centerpiece of the Justin right. Verlander trade. Um, and, and,
2: yeah, you know, the handwriting had been on the wall for a long time. I mean, I think even like two weeks ago when they said his shoulder was done, uh, it, it seemed like he, he's a two percent or less chance of ever seeing the big leagues. Now that he's been released, that sounds bad. They're, you know, they're they're going to cut on his shoulder. It's just one of those yeah. sad, sad stories. Uh, you know, you feel terrible for the guy. Uh, his dream is probably almost gone.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things that that's tough about that is, you know, as fans, we can never really know what exactly the Tigers medical staff did for him, what they told him, if they diagnosed him properly, you know, he had years and years of this recurring issues and they were, you know, they were different things, but he basically went to the Dodgers team doctor to get his final Mm -hmm. diagnosis. And it's like, what, I mean, okay, that's great. Not every team can have an outstanding doctor, but you would think that, (laughs) I I don't know. It it just, it makes you wonder about the uh, training staff with the Tigers.
2: yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, maybe that Neil Elatrosch. Maybe he's just a shoulder guru. You know. It's, yeah. Uh, for instance, in football, in in Green Bay, Wisconsin, there's this guy. Uh, he's a renowned foot and ankle dude, and he's mm-hmm. in Green Bay. And it's nothing for like I think Patrick Mahomes came to see him, and some yeah. and sometimes the cow, there's been cowboy guys come up to see him. So, and, so maybe that's just status quo. I mean, they go yeah. to where the best guy is. That's possible.
1: But Doctor Liz Frank. But you're right. But you're yeah. right.
2: We've had a lot of people in, in different sports say, hey, like, for instance, the Raiders say mm. – players say, hey, the, the medical staff is terrible. Uh, is Detroit yeah. in that? I don't know. Like, I couldn't even
1: yeah, really it, speculate. I mean, it, it did seem for a long time that they were they largely avoided big pitcher injuries. It, it seemed uh, yeah. they've had their share the last few years. Uh, so, yeah, I mean I, – but again, it's it's like it's kind of reckless speculation, but – to see him go to another team, like you said, it, maybe he's just the best and that's, that's the way it is. And the Dodgers, maybe he wants to live in LA. <laughs> and so the Dodgers <laughs> hired him. But, um, <laughs> but we did, you know, and I wrote an article about that and, and seeing him released is obviously it's, you don't want to see that, but it is largely procedural. They, they mm-hmm. have to do that uh, to, to get him off the 40 man raster. That's what they have to do. They can't, uh, you know, DFA him or whatever, or put him on the 60 day deal. So it's entirely possible that he will re-sign with the Tigers here shortly as a to a minor league deal and then you know get his shoulder worked on and see what happens. Uh but it certainly yeah sure. uh, doesn't look good for him in the future and it's it's a shame because he was the centerpiece of that Justin Verlander trade and he was talented enough and uh promising enough to, to like make that a decent return at the time. Yep. And you I, the, I had no
2: the. I had no issues with the trade, uh, the way the team, where the team was headed, what Verlander's contract situation was. I was hoping they could restock. And yep. obviously that hasn't come about, but you know, what's interesting is um, I remember some of the discussion, the little debate we had, I had with some folks, you know, should they have held out for Forrest Whitley or should they have gone Franklin Perez, you know, and yep. certainly I think a lot of people want Whitley, but he's, he hasn't sniffed the majors yeah. yet either.
1: Yeah, what that's what that's what I, I was. Uh, I, I wrote an article. I said, basically, don't I said, don't blame Alavilla for Franklin Perez. Uh, now, there are there are certain ways you could uh, finesse that to blame Alavilla for like blame him for <laughs> not putting a, a good enough team together in 2017 that you had to trade Justin Verlander or trading Justin yeah. Verlander at all or maybe not putting together medical staff, all that stuff. But in this individual case, yes, they had. Because of the the nature of that trade being after the the non-waiver trade deadline, which is right, – fortunately, right. those two weird distinctions are gone now. But they couldn't trade anybody who was – trade for anybody who was on the 40-man roster, which included Joe Musgrove, David Paulino, and Francis Martez, who were three other pitching prospects for the Astros. So it was basically – it was down to yeah. Whitley and, and Franklin Perez. And they were both really good, but Whitley was a like top-10 prospect at the time. Right, but that right. and that goes to show you though like you said it it's but there's there's it's the old saying there's no such thing as a pitching prospect because you just don't know i mean we're seeing it now with uh there's some pretty negative information coming out about mackenzie gore who's who's yeah. top five prospects seeming like like sure thing and suddenly uh he's not throwing enough strikes his breaking balls aren't gonna give uh, get strikeouts and and yeah it's it's just tough that's it <laughs> that's you, you just
2: ruined me. I offered Mackenzie Gore to oh, trade in a trade.
1: Well, maybe now, now you have to delete gonna, this. Delete this. <laughs> maybe our maybe our editor, Roger, <laughs> will cut it out to uh, to keep the <laughs> hellio. But yeah, of, I, that, you know.
2: it, it, it is interesting because he he you know he's getting the talk of can't miss, yep. and uh, now they're talking about well, there's some heady yeah. hanging yeah. and hanging about it.
1: Yeah, you, you never know. He might figure it out tomorrow. But we've, you know, we've seen it with pitching prospects. We saw it with Daniel Norris and and Michael Fulmer. You see it with, you know, Mize and Scooble and Manning. You know, they don't always work out. Uh, but I don't know if you've uh, just in a little bit. We'll touch on the, the Tigers' minors a little bit. I, we're we're a good week into the minor league season. I don't know if you've uh, anything's caught your eye yet, or have you paid attention to anything in particular.
2: Um. Well, I have noticed the, they had a couple games there, especially in Lakeland. We were talking about this earlier about the roboumps and the walks. I mean, there was a game where I think the the Flying Tigers had 11 walks or 12 walks. It was some insane number. Um, and I think I'm wondering is you know is that a is that a, because of the roboumps? Is that a just because they've changed the league a little bit? Who's in who's in the league and, and what players are there? Or is it some kind of organizational approach that they're telling these guys, "Hey, we're, we're we're trying to be more selective," so that's going to be something fun to see play out over, over the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, in, in Roger was down there at uh, Lakeland, so, but uh, it uh, it was hoping we got some questions for him about what he saw down there, and unfortunately, you know, he he's still at the game as we speak. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, largely we've seen you? some nice, yeah, I mean, we've seen some nice, nice things from Riley Green, uh, which is you know yeah. he's up in Double A, that, that's quite a leap, and he, he hit a grand slam, and he's getting getting his hits. He's he's doing about what you would expect uh, a twenty year old with I don't know what do he have twenty games at Low A two years ago. Yeah, uh, he's, he's but he's holding his own, and Ryan Kreidler continues to look pretty solid as well. Couple uh, homers, mm-hmm. yeah, a couple home runs, and then. You know, it, it's beyond that. It's we, we've West Michigan is the the most prospect laden team, and we've seen flashes from Dylan Dingler for certain. And Daniel Cabrera's had a big hit, a couple big hits. Uh, Trey Cruz yep. got injured pretty early. I don't think it's bad, but he's on the injured list. Uh, Parker Meadows is, is you know it's kind of interesting. He he's a guy. His hit tool was always the big question about him, and yeah. it it doesn't seem like he has issues. Uh, per se. He started off pretty slowly, but he he doesn't seem to have an issue now with getting the bat to the ball. He's just Mm -hmm. not impacting the ball at all. He's just a lot of like, yeah. Big athletic kid, he should be able to. Yeah, for sure. He's just kind of, you know, soft fly balls to left field and things like that. So, I don't know, maybe, you know, they always say power is the last thing to come. Maybe he'll figure it out.
2: (laughs) Well, again, that goes back to some of the discussion we're having about player development you know going back to the article i mean what are the steps they're taking with him to to get him more leverage get more loft angle whatever it takes uh, for he's producing some power cuz it's not it's not coming yet and how many he's got to be up at batwise over 500 now in the minors
1: uh let's see yeah it was so he had a full season at west michigan in 2019 so he probably had mm-hmm. 400 then. So yeah, he's he's probably getting getting close to 500 if you count the GCL, maybe over 500. Yeah. Um,
2: that's not a ton yet, you know, but it's it's yeah. it's climbing,
1: you know. Well, and, and it's one of the things where we we know that Alavilla you know, personally scouted Parker Meadows. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's not terribly uncommon for a GM to go in and look at a guy that they're going to spend a couple million dollars on. But Alavilla's background is scouting. That's he's he's been a scout, uh. He was a scout a long time and he's probably a pretty good scout. But you do wonder oh, if uh, like if you know, he comes up as a scout and says, Hey, this guy's good. I bet uh they can turn him into something. And so he still thinks that, but doesn't know how to do the other part where they turn him into something. So they're <laughs> not,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know. But uh no, it's yeah, you know, it's been fun. It's been fun to have four, sometimes five games every night, to, uh in the minors. Well, you know, it, it was
2: interesting back when when the Tigers are playing so poorly. I was saying, man, I can't wait for there to be minor league action. Now the minor yeah. leagues are back, and the Tigers are playing a little better.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're 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 playing to hold their jobs now. You're, exactly then, right. Yeah, Victor Reyes uh, had a home run and a two run double for Toledo tonight. So, but uh,
0: I suppose up the, on Vic. <laughs>
1: yeah. no, he'll be back, of course. Uh, Oh yeah. So I suppose I, I don't have uh, I don't have Roger's uh, neat sound effects, so I can't uh, can't say. Oh, oh it's good. time to time to go inside the numbers. I'll sing a song for everybody, but uh, I figure we might as well do that now. We'll we'll hit the segments. So sure, uh, sure. if if you have an inside the number, yep, let's uh, go ahead and hear it.
2: Well, last night I'm watching the Royals broadcast because um, that's what you know. I, uh, that's what I I'm blacked out here online uh, with Royals baseball. Uh, but I can't get their uh, their Valley's network uh, on satellite. So I was listening to Huddler, and uh, they were talking about Mize, and they're fairly complimentary of Mize overall from what they've seen. And uh, but they showed a very cool stat that Mize was one for 24. My, the league is one for 24 against Mize on inside fastballs, and uh, so and that was number one in baseball. And he only gave up two hits last night, so I'm assuming he's still probably number one. So. Yeah. Uh, I I think that's really good. I I would like to track that a little more and, and see if that's something that we uh, continue to see, because I think he needs that. I think he needs to own that inside of the plate because it seems to me a lot of the trouble that he's gotten into this last year and this year uh, are on the outer half. And if you're going to have trouble on the outer half, you darn well better own the inner half. And uh, I go back to that Houston game where he pitched well, where he went up and in on a few guys. Um, and I think that was important as well to keep people from diving over the plate. So, uh, I was really excited to see that stat and then he, he followed it up with a good game last night. You know, he, he struggled in the first inning, uh, but then he, he settled in pretty nicely and was getting a lot of soft contact. So obviously the strikeout rate, not where we want, but, uh, they are, they're not lately. The contact against them has not been as hard. I don't think so.
1: Yeah, no, it's been, I think what three straight, uh, quality starts for him. Three straight yep. six inning outings, which is, you know, it seemed like his first 10 or 11 starts, he couldn't go more than three or four innings. So yeah, he's definitely figuring something out here. Hey,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, there's
1: Spencer Torkelson with a single the other right. way just now at the bottom of the ninth. Um, yeah, that's, that's, go. uh, that's <laughs> interesting. And it kind of plays into my inside the number, my inside the numbers, which are 6.87. And 17.9%. Those are both numbers relating to Detroit Tigers starting pitchers. The 6.87 is their strikeout per nine rate, which is the lowest in the majors by a significant margin. The the Rockies are 29th. The Rockies are next at at 7.68 per nine. So basically, uh, you know, 0.8 strikeouts more. And only five teams are under eight, and the Tigers are there in the sixes. Uh, the Angels lead all baseball with 12.16 strikeouts per nine from their starters. I think Otani kind of throws that off.
2: I was going to say, thank you, Shohei. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and the 17.9% is just another way to look at it. That's their strikeout percentage for starters, yeah. you know, basically how, how many uh, of the batters wow. they strike out, which is, again, the lowest in baseball. Colorado is next at 19.3, and those are the I only two teams under, uh, under 20%. What's the yeah. lead got twenty five, isn't it? I would think so. The Angels and Dodgers are up over thirty percent. So yeah, yeah. That's it, uh, <laughs> the Tigers have certainly zagged. when Everybody has zagged. Uh, and yet, as we said, <laughs> the starting pitching has been decent. It's been you know kind of middle of the road. Boyd has been great. Uh, Jose Arena has been surprisingly good.
2: That's the one part of you know how long will it last? That that's yeah. that's going to be our, our question. Uh, are they doing it this way because that's what talent they have and it will last because that's what these guys do well, or are they living on borrowed time? That you know they're they're giving up a lot of contact, but uh, they're yeah. get, they're getting by and having some success. Um, obviously, that could go either way. I have my suspicions, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see them well, get that K rate up, but uh, that's kind of who they are right now, and that's what they're getting by with.
1: But, yeah, yeah and, and, and,
2: and has been tolerable.
1: Yeah, we we mentioned it before, you know. Mice has been been good the last three turns and Turnbull was good and and basically Tarek Skubal is their top strikeout guy and he also happens to be their worst starter so far with the highest yeah. strikeout rate in the, in the big home run issues. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of no um you know a little bit strange. It's
2: interesting to watch Urania give up some hits and then all of a sudden boom, double play with two men on, you know. It's yeah, kind of yeah. fun. It, it's fun yeah. to watch cuz and you know, it's one of those things if it doesn't work out for him, then yeah, you don't get too upset about it. Cause you know, he's probably not part of the, the long-term outlook, uh, whether yeah. this is a success or not, you know, three years from now. So it's, it's fun to watch and have some success and make it into a somewhat decent signing.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we said the one game where he, he pitched around five errors behind him was, was remarkable. So I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what to make of this. it, it does seem like a personnel thing basically you just got a bunch mm-hmm. of guys who pitched a contact I, I don't i'm kind of disinclined to say that that, that was the tigers plan and they're executing it but who knows maybe they did I and mean, maybe maybe this is the chris fetter magic that we were hoping for um you know it,
2: it's really interesting on boyd um yeah. you know when you look back at his strikeout numbers um from a couple of years ago which were amazing uh to where he is now that is such a, a, a steep drop you know, um, why is that? What's he doing differently? I mean, we know he's, he's changed his mix a little bit, uh, de-emphasized fastball some, but, uh, it, it's definitely striking.
1: Yeah. I, and, and so I, I did, I was like, you, I was a little bit skeptical. So I looked at the numbers and, uh, yeah, you know, tiger starters, uh, come in to today had a two sixty four batting average on balls in play, which mm-hmm. is low, uh, although the league this year is, is 282 so yeah that's super low and their batting average of, uh, against is 237 which is 23 uh, 23 points below their expected batting average of 260 so i mean it, they do seem to be getting fortunate but it's not sort of you know outrageously lucky so i don't know it, right. it, it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on as the season goes along
2: they have bigger problems, that's for sure, than the starting. Yeah, winter.
1: yeah. The, the, bull, the bullpen gets plenty of strikeouts. It's just everything else, <laughs> uh, the, the whole outs, oh. the other outs, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so that those are our inside the numbers, I suppose. Now we can move on into the good, uh, the bad, and the ugly. So uh, I, I, once again, I will let you go first.
2: Oh, with the good, I think we're both going to be similar. You know, I, I, I was going to go with the Tigers getting a sweep, and that was enjoyable to watch. I know you were, you had something similar. Just their last week of baseball, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. My goodness is the Tigers' offense.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which... Tigers' offense. Well, you know, and it's you know that, that goes back with the Royals uh, sweeping them. You know, you, you look at the Royals; they were coming in on an eight-game losing streak. They had to feel like uh, the Tigers popping up on their schedule was a magic elixir for them. And lo and behold, they flew out of town today with an 11-game losing streak. So that's yeah. pretty impressive. Uh, the Tigers took care of business, and they. They got a team that was down, and they kicked some more sand on them, you know, uh, in their face. So good for the Tigers. Uh, it was it was an impressive uh, couple of days. Hopefully they can keep that going. Uh, but it kind of I think it perked up everybody's spirits. And uh, hey, we as fans at the end of the day we're fans, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We we do podcasts and we write stuff, and that's great. But we're still baseball fans. And um, if you devote yourself to a team, you deserve a little bit of fun. <laughs> yeah. and we weren't having a whole lot of fun. So this, these last four days have been really great.
1: Yeah. And, and, and to look at that even further, you know, they, the first game they beat up on Brady Singer who had absolutely yeah. dominated him the last time they saw him. So it, it, that's, it's that sort of thing that's nice to see where you go, okay, these guys downloaded what he tried to do to them and, and there were some really, uh, you know, key at bats in this. I, I think of uh, in a Badu at bat where he basically battled back from O two, I think, and, and just would not give in on the fastball inside. And it seems like that they they, start, they started going to the plate with a plan and executing it. And, and yeah, it was nice to see. So, uh, and you know, we're only talking about eight games, and the, part of this is just me striking while the iron is hot because I don't. This feels like he could disappear at any time. But uh, yeah, since last Tuesday, the Tigers are hitting 294 385 409 as a team uh as as you said the power has basically disappeared but that's the best batting average and on base percentage by anyone over the last week they Mm. uh they have 107 walks this year and 33 of them have come in the last eight games so yeah they're, they're they're like you said they're not setting the world on fire but it's it's so much nicer to watch than them kind of wander around the desert like they were earlier and and in this last week, the offense, uh, just by fangraphs war, they put up one and a half war over the past eight games after being mm-hmm. negative 2.5 in the first month plus. So,
2: yeah. So you know, it's, it's interesting. Like they, it's, it's been fun to watch. You know, so much of baseball around the entire sport is short sequence scoring. You know, mm-hmm. a, a single and a homer. A walk and a homer, you know. Um, yeah. Now, and so the Tigers, it's been a little bit more long sequence this week. Uh, with, you know, three singles and a walk and uh, getting one run <laughs> or two runs. And, uh, you know, it's been interesting uh, just from a fan perspective to watch that a little bit because we don't we don't see that as much anymore. Uh, everything is so short sequence and, and looking for the long ball. Um, and I'm don't get me wrong, I'm a proponent of launch angle and hitting home runs and, you know, three true outcomes. So I'm finally all that. But, it, you know, every once in a while they get a little diversion and they go the other way. It, it's been kind of fun.
1: Yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely nice to see balls in play. That's what people <laughs> have been saying. Is need, yeah, Same is the issue, and, and yeah, it, it makes things more fun to see the ball get uh, you know hit around the field. Uh, I don't know uh, what what's your bad for the week.
2: My bad isn't too bad yet because he was okay. They, they won both games, but you know Soto, uh, hmm. Greg Soto, last two outings, walked the leadoff man didn't bite him last night did bite him today where he had to get yanked a couple batters later. Uh, You know, it's an old saw. You can't mark the leadoff man, you know, but that becomes a a cliche because it's true (laughs) and it's going to, he needs to um, get that under control. I mean, I think he's walked a dozen guys already um, Mm -hmm. or a short reliever in early May. That's not going to cut it. I mean, he, he's an electric arm. He's fun to watch. He, he, he gets out of most jams, but you can't play with fire that often and, you know, not get singed. And he got singed a little today, but they, they worked out of it and Fulmer came in and slammed the door.
1: That's, uh, yeah, 13 walks and 16 innings. Yeah. Um, no, I I, I I would be fascinated to to look at his numbers when he's, <laughs> this year at least, when he's, Coming in as, as a middle reliever versus when he's a closer, it just seems like for whatever reason, when he, when it's his job to close the door, he just can't get it done. Uh, it's I th- it, there's something mental there, and and you know he's giving up more hits and and walking guys at a greater rate than I, he did last year, and it's it's yeah it's kind of hard to figure. It. And I think it's very possible. Now I do think that that AJ Hinch loves having Ma- uh, Michael Fulmer as kind of like just his bullpen savior, if you will. He, he brings him in yeah. whenever he needs him the most. But army uh,
2: knife.
1: yeah, but if that weren't the case, I think Fulmer would probably have taken over the closer duty by now. But I think Hench just he's just so valuable to Hench in any role that he's gonna yeah. use him whenever he can. But well, uh, yeah, when
2: you, got a team, when you got a team that's at the bottom of the standings, like Tigers, you can be unconventional, you just can mm-hmm. uh, you can live with a guy in the ninth, and the other guy can be sprinkled in where you need him. Um, and you know, Soto is on the right team. um because he's got high end talent Uh he's going to have some issues, but the Tigers with where they are, they can afford to let him work those issues out. And whether it's the ninth inning or the seventh inning or wherever they end up doing it, but there's just no question that walker has got to come down.
1: Yeah. It, it just, it, yeah. You can't be putting two men on per inning as a closer. This is, <laughs> it's not tenable. Um, and how, how about an ugly? Do you have an ugly for us this week?
2: Yeah, my ugly was uh, t- uh, one that ended up being to the Tigers' benefit. Hunter Dozier of the Royals. Uh, that last out he made today in the eighth inning, he is now on an 0 for 30 death spiral. Uh, so, uh, and this week against the Tigers, it seemed like every at bat, at least every other at bat, he came up with two men on base and he was the Tigers' savior. Uh, got him out of a lot of innings. Uh, so, I, you know, I was no great ball player, but I don't remember an 0 for 30 slide and i don't know what that would feel like especially you know obviously at the major league level i have no idea what that feels like but that's got to be just a lonely feeling uh to know that you you basically got about seven eight games worth of at bats and you you got a big donut
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's a game of failure but nobody wants to fail that much uh, mm-hmm. and and you know it's professional uh, major leaguers are are generally speaking built uh, differently in terms of uh, their mental ability to handle that sort of thing, but it still has to get to just about anybody. I'm sure they talk yeah. about how I was getting to Miguel, yeah. Miguel Cabrera when he was what? Oh, for 27 or something like that. You know, this is a hall oh, of yeah. fame hitter and you're uh, just so used to doing something well and then have it not happen. It's, it's, it's gotta be rough. Um, what do you think so, of so, Cabrera uh, right now? You know, he seems to be back and, and we've seen this over the last couple of years where he'll go on these kind of pro prolonged slumps and then he gets back to becoming basically an opposite field slap hitter. Yeah. And th- and then at some point shortly thereafter, if he stays healthy, he'll manage to dial it back in and he'll start hitting home runs. Uh, I don't know how many, but I do feel like he's, he's probably a week or so away from randomly turning on a pitch and hitting it 420 feet. And that's going, what, what? All right. He can still do that.
2: Yeah. I think definitely if, especially if it's a hanging curve, I think he's going to yep. ambush a couple of those. I, I think you're right about that, but I do wonder, just the way he's slapping at the ball and the way he's running. What do you think the over-under is on doubles for the rest of the year?
1: Oh, yeah, I'd give him. Uh, get, uh, what's that I didn't hear? What'd what, what you put do, it at? Do you think he can get 10 doubles? Uh, more than he has right now or total? I don't know. Does he have any? Total. Yeah, Total? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think he can just because. Because of Comerica, I think he will hit a couple yeah. into the Bermuda Triangle where he can kind of stroll the second or, or hit him down the line. Uh, and also, even with his injuries and where he's clearly hobbled, he he doesn't lack for effort. He yeah. enjoys playing yeah. and he will he will run to second even if his, his uh, legs don't want him to or the team yeah. doesn't yeah. want him to. So I think he'll get there. But, you know, I think it's going to be close and it's kind of a bummer that we even have to uh, – question it
2: well it's, um, it's nice that he's just at least he's for the last few days he's come back to play some presentable baseball because it, yep. it was getting hard
1: yeah it's it's unfortunately and I, I think it was poorly timed for him because it was right after the angels or right as the angels were releasing out fools and everybody's like oh all right you're next and it's like eh, geez. <laughs> yeah jeez. um so yeah i guess we'll finish up with with, with my bad and yes, my ugly, yeah. my bad, you know, remember, my good was the Tigers offense. My bad is the Tigers defense, which uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago. It was one of the few bright spots on the team. You know, they were one of the best teams by defensive run saved. And now they're the worst team in baseball by Fangraph's uh, defensive metric. Uh, and it's by a <laughs> wide, wide margin at Fangraph's. They're at negative 16.2. And the next worst team is the Angels at negative uh, <laughs> 9.1. And if you're curious, the Brewers are the best at 10.2. Um, but, hey, if we go by defensive run saves, the Tigers are merely the fourth worst team in baseball at negative 10. And they're tied for 19th with negative two outs above average at, at baseball savant. So, hey, mm. you know, they're below average, too terrible. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. Nico
2: Goodrum has looked a little sloppy this week.
1: Yeah. You know, he's, he's made a handful of errors. And there was that one. Mm. I, was it that was that game against the Royals where the defense just kind of collapsed there? It it was was strange. He's still, by the numbers, still their best defender. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it has come down in the last week. Uh the biggest culprits are kind of who you might suspect, uh you know, Wilson Ramos, the Castros, and, and Jonathan Scope, which again uh kind of leads to the question, like what what the hell are we doing here? Why <laughs> why yeah. why are they bring Jonathan Scope in and then just have him play first base? I mean, I, I guess I mean Renato Nunez isn't great to def- a first baseman at least and they got willie castro who who you know he he couldn't play shortstop he doesn't look all that good at second base either and he's another guy who i wonder if the defensive issues are are coming into play at the bat he's a guy who i could see you know just getting a a little tune-up down in toledo at some point soon and it just you know i I don't go ahead
2: uh, even his throws i mean he made a throw the other day that ended up getting caught uh, it was yeah. like he was he was turning a double play, and man, he threw a screwball. I mean, I believe, you know they had a really good angle of it. I mean, that thing curved a long way. and uh, Cabrera <laughs> Cabrera reeled it into his credit. That was pretty nice, yeah. but uh, it was just one of those that was you know, inches from a disaster,
1: yeah, it just it I, I feel like he's too way too in his head when it comes to the defense, it's it's like he gets the ball and he has to go through a checklist of where, like what he's supposed to do. And it, it, it just doesn't seem natural with him. And I say, you know, just throw him in the outfield. Uh, maybe not immediately in Detroit, but I, I don't, I'm not seeing a whole lot from Nomar Mazzara. I mean, you probably give him another month or so, but I I, I don't know if, if there's much there. And uh, I don't think it would be a huge deal to designate him at some point. And then, Clear out some space, maybe put mm-hmm. Castro in the outfield, uh, get get scope back to second, or maybe bring up Isak Paredes if he's hitting well. So yeah. I don't know. But uh yeah, anyway, that's that's just a kind of a tangent based on their their poor defense at the point. And and my ugly, I'll stay away from the Tigers this time, is the Minnesota Twins, who we kind of started the show with. Mm-hmm. Somehow, way, the twins have the worst record in baseball. Worse than the Tigers. Uh mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of strange because they're by war, they have the fourth best offense in baseball. A lot of that is, is Byron Buxton who is unfortunately injured right now. But when he was playing, he was you know, playing at a Mike Trout level. Yep. But, uh, but then you see, you look at the pitching and it's not hard to see what's going on. Their bullpen ranks 28th uh, ahead of only Arizona and Detroit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but remember the twins were kind of expected to be contenders for the division. And Absolutely. To, to have one of the worst bullpens in baseball is not, I think what they wanted They're, their closer has given up a lot of runs. I think Roger's pointing out the other day that they've they been outscored 19 to one in the ninth inning this year. Oh, uh, and,
2: and, and, you know, and they're, usually, they're usually another team that pieces together some anonymous bullpens that mm-hmm. you know, like we were talking about earlier. They usually have some guys who, you know, you really don't know a whole lot about. And all of a sudden they've pitched 40 innings and got a, you know, a 280 ERA or whatever. So, uh, yeah, so yeah that's not
1: the case this year. There's various various Rogers people and, and field yeah. bars and yeah, they're so they're twenty eighth this year and their starters are twenty-fourth. And and what to me, you know, it'd be one thing if their offense were just underperforming. But to mm-hmm. have an offense that good, like that was expected to be their strength. Uh I it's hard to picture their starting pitching or their pitching at all, coming back and really I mean, they've they've got some talent there, but there's no real uh, uh, beyond Berrios and, and, and Maeda but Maeda's having a rough year so that they just don't Have that real ace and-, and Maeda's really He's been giving up a ton of contact,
2: a lot of power uh, He's already, I think last year he gave up Something like 40 hits for the year I mean some yeah. insanely low number He's already, you know, I think past that Or, or right on the verge of it uh, We're in early May And uh, you know the, the White Sox lit him up for some home runs the other night. And uh, uh, I think we're seeing what last year he basically plowed through the central division, start after start, after start. And that might've been a little bit of a mirage. Yeah. You uh, so didn't have to face a lot of the better teams around <laughs> baseball.
1: That's a good point. I didn't even, I, I, so weird, you know, a year ago, I guess a year ago, yeah. we were still wondering if there was going to be baseball and, uh, and it's kind of Hard to remember that they basically just played all central teams, but,
2: yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. But,
1: but yeah, I mean, you know, also
2: it's going to be interesting that the twins have a fairly okay farm system. I mean, you know, will they go out and get some pitching? You know, that, that's going to be, uh, or are they going to fall far enough behind the white Sox where they're not, they're not going to invest in this season. That,
1: so, yeah i mean it's it's interesting they could be sellers they could try to say i mean they've got jay Happ, i think right and he's pitching well and and michael Pineda has been pitching well so it's 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 strange nelson it's, cruz somebody nelson would want cruz,
2: nelson cruz too.
1: i imagine somebody would probably want josh donaldson i mean they, they've got i don't know how much longer his contract is i think it was just last year and this year i think so but, um yeah so I don't know it just unexpected and we're getting close to that 40 game mark doesn't necessarily mean that the season's over for him but uh generally speaking you don't want to be 12 and 23 <laughs> you don't want to be
2: looking up at the tigers
1: no <laughs> no not not necessarily not these tigers so so that's uh that's our good bad and ugly um that's and that's pretty much our show I don't know if there's anything else we want to touch on I I uh I was chatting with you a little bit in in our slack because I went to a high school baseball game yesterday. I went to yeah. to go see Orchard Lake St. Mary's, which is uh, partially coached by our, our good friend Brian Sikowski from Perfect Game. Mm-hmm. And, and Orchard Lake St. Mary's has uh, probably the most talented high school baseball team I've ever seen in the state of Michigan. They've got headlined by Alex Mooney, the probable first rounder uh, shortstop, who apparently the Tigers uh, have, have been in to watch, which... I don't know if that necessarily tells us much because, of course, they're going to go see the kid who's 15 minutes away. Uh, sure. But but uh, they also have Brock Porter, who is a pitcher who could be a first round pick next year. Supposedly been uh, is hit 98 this year as a junior in high school, which actually which actually scares me. Uh, but, yeah, they've they've got a half dozen kids committed to, like, legit Division one schools. Uh, and it was it was kind of fun to to, to go see that and, and watch. Uh, I was telling <laughs> you, you know, that. Okay. Did
2: Mooney stand out to you athletically? Not, not particularly. Uh,
1: okay. You know, it's it's always tough to. It's you know, I didn't game. Get there. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't really zero in on uh, during infield or batting practice, and, and you know, it's tough. The one thing I took away from it is that he knows the strike zone, uh, and he knows what the strike zone should be. And the the umpire was given about twelve inches either side of the plate. It was it was. <laughs> It was a massive strike zone, and it was funny because he actually, at one point, uh, he was getting uh, – or he thought he was in the Catholic League or, or getting a little amped up, but he actually punched out Alex Mooney on strike two. There was a curveball that Mooney oh, took, okay. and he, he, he struck him out, <laughs> and then Alex Mooney turned around, he's like, that's two. That's strike two. It's so, two. Two. yeah.
2: Uh, I'd be lying if I say I have not had that happen to me, but I'm. Well, it, it has happened to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, you it, it
2: seems – You make that big move, and you're like, oh, that's strike two.
1: I, yeah it's it seems <laughs> i can see it i could see you know happen to just about anybody but uh he did he, you know he he had the bat speed he turned on a ball and, and basically hit a home run foul which you expect mm-hmm. uh from from these kind of uh talents in a high school you know he's probably facing 83 mile an hour fastball or something like that but uh
2: yeah that, that's to me that's always one of the things about scouts you know is being able to tell uh when when a, when a kid is facing inferior competition uh but you can suss out that hey that's that's real that's legit what this guy's doing even though he's facing yeah, like you say a 79 mile an hour heater <laughs> so,
1: yeah and, and and he he ended up uh, i think he he had a deep fly ball to center field and then he hit two really hard line drives one to first base that he kind of waited on and one to third base and in both both of those he basically knocked the defender off his feet and, and reached base <laughs> nice. because he just hit it too hard so i mean you I, I think, so, you know, what, if I didn't know who he what, was, what, I think he would have st- st- uh, stood out just from hitting the ball hard, but he wasn't like, Oh my God, this is a Babe Ruth effort.
2: Yeah. I'm going to be interested. let's say, let's say, let's just kind of look, let's say the Tigers are interested in him. And mm-hmm. he is a guy who lasts into the thirties. And let's say they do draft a high school kid, number three, whether it, you know, like Meyer or house or whoever mm-hmm. you could, you see them going back to back high school bats that early. <sighs>
1: It would be very unusual, yeah. particularly if they're both shortstops. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't think so. But you know, the, I think the one thing we've seen from the Tigers, at least last year, was they they did seem to go very much best player on the board for them, mm-hmm. for the most part. I, I, I don't. I still question whether they had Trey Cruz as ranked ranked as highly as they did. I mean he's yeah. a solid prospect but I, I would have thought that maybe workman went before him but in any event you know they they, they wouldn't took a bunch more infielders after taking a bunch of infielders the year before so i think i think if that's the way their board shakes up that's probably what they would do i think it's more interesting to you know the pitching is, is pretty interesting this year we've already seen so the number three arm probably in gunner hoagland is down for the year with with tommy john surgery uh, yep, we yep. saw Jaden Hill, who was a potential top 10 pick coming into the year is down for the year with Tommy John surgery. So it's kind of hard to figure who the, the third college arm is going to be. And we've seen Jack Leiter, uh, got hit around in his last two outings and then had a start mm-hmm. scratched. They said it was, you know, load mm-hmm. management, but it was a very late decision, which, which makes you wonder. Yeah. and then that, Very fishy. There's no question about it and the kumar rocker his stuff was down for a while he seemed to come back and then he had this bizarre outing in last weekend where he gave up uh six runs i think and walked mm. six or seven people but also struck out 13 it was uh i think i called it a vintage nolan ryan performance mm. um, yeah and so th- there's there's uh there's a small but seemingly growing segment uh of the the draft followers who believe that actually jackson job the high schooler who from oklahoma i believe Yep, might yep. might be the best arm, uh, regardless of you know high school, college, in the entire class, which is uh, very, very interesting. You uh, you know high school pitching is so risky, uh, sure. But sure. but I mean he's a guy who's supposedly been up to ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, and has a three thousand RPM slider, and it's like, well, that's kind of tempting. So uh, I don't know. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next two months leading up to the well, draft. As those,
2: if if indeed him, the Vanderbilt pitchers. They play on the bigger stage than the high school guys, obviously. So I always think they're going to get nitpicked uh, in the mock drafts and and, and the people who are, are you know writing at Athletic and all those sort of things. They get nitpicked a little bit more because they're just more visible. Um, mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting that if, they, if on the major league level, if those scouts and draft people, if they're getting docked a little bit, because this whole time we've been under the assumption the Tigers are going to have their choice of at least one of those high school soft, uh, shortstops yeah. if they decide to go that route. I don't know. I, I, the way I look at it now, I mean, could Lawler and Meyer go one, two and the Tigers are aced out of that. Uh, um, are still having, you know, there's still gonna be a good player there, but, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people, you know, we've talked about uh, Marcelo Meyer and, uh, 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 he's been mocked to the Tigers in a bunch of different places. Uh, I'm almost to the point I was getting my heart set on him a little bit, but now I'm a little bit worried that he goes at number two. And now he tries looking at one of the Vandy pitchers or Brady House or somebody, Henry Davis.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a very plausible scenario at this point. And and not just because of, I mean, they're obviously very talented, but we know that sometimes things get a little interesting at the top of the draft and and, you would think what money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I could, I could picture, uh, uh, you know, Lawler Meyer one two, and then the Tigers are like, what well, well, do we, do we bite the bullet on one of these pitchers? I mean, uh, do we, we? Do we consider ourselves lucky, or are we worried about these guys, or, or do they go with Brady House? And Brady House is is very interesting. I am not a huge fan of his swing from when I've seen it, mm-hmm. but he's got he's he's a, tr- a tremendous athlete. Who everyone assumes that he's going to move off shortstop because he's so big, but he's. Yeah. He's athletic enough that he might be able to make it work. Uh, at least for He's a, got few a monster
2: years. arm. He's got, He's got a really huge, great arm. He throws 95.
1: Yeah, huge arm and and big power potential. It's just you know it's about that hit tool. And that's what always scares me with the tigers because that's just the one thing that they can't seem to develop. But uh yeah. I guess, well, I mean, not the one thing they can't seem to develop, but it seems like they never do develop the hit tool. So but yeah, yeah it'll be it,
2: Is it gonna be a two forty guy or a two seventy-five guy? You know, that's yeah.
1: the uh but yeah, it's it's been fun to, to follow, and I I agree with you. I think most of the smoke seems to be pointing to Meyer to the Tigers, which uh, you know think of the think of the marketing opportunities for Meyer Thrifty Acres. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, well, and you I don't know if you saw it, uh, Keith Law, who I go back and forth on how big a fan of Keith Law I am. I'm sure he's a yeah, nice man.
0: I think Mr. Uh, yeah, uh, he
2: he moved Henry Davis up to his number one prospect in the draft this year today. And I think he pre- left himself some wiggle room that, you know, it's going to change a lot over the next couple months, but uh, that guy's having a big year at Louisville. No question about it.
1: Yeah. We you're talking about uh, a guy who's been basically the best hitter in college baseball all season. Uh, when yeah. you com- combine control in the strike zone, hitting for average, hitting for power, and he's going to stick a catcher. And he's not the world's best receiver. They say in terms of, you know, you know, soft hands, framing balls and stuff like that. But there's general consensus that that may not matter in the next few years. And he's got uh, probably a 70 grade arm, which is probably Mm -hmm. the more important thing. So, yeah, it's uh, and he's I think he's also a guy who's played elsewhere before, maybe not so Mm -hmm. much in college, but he's he's athletic enough to, to maybe handle an outfield corner. So. I could see it. I could see it. We've seen Joey Bart go second a couple of years ago. You saw you know, Adley Richmond obviously, but he was kind of a, a different, different caliber player, but.
2: And Joey Bart kind of, he kind of came on strong those last six or seven weeks before the draft. Yeah. And he wasn't looking, he was not getting any discussion at, in, at, at number two until very late in the process. So it no. could happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. He had a bunch of power that year and the stories started coming out about him. uh, Oh, he calls his own game and he's a great leader and all this stuff, which you want as a catcher. And and yeah, there you go. He went second overall. So, yeah, I mean, I could see Davis uh, being a pick. We we talked about, you know, the Tigers went after Dingler last year in the second round and he looks pretty good so far. So would they go for a catcher again? Again, I think you take the best player, the the guy who you think is going to be the best. So that's the way it goes. The way it goes.
2: I mean, I think you talked about Dangler, too. He he probably has the athleticism to do something else.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yes. You know, he split time playing center field in college. You could you would think that yeah. that guy could could at least handle an outfield corner. Yeah, uh, it's
2: just to me, get the bat, get the guy you can hit, whether it's power. I mean, has the has the batting skill that you want in your organization? And as long as they're not a complete train wreck in the field, we'll figure out somewhere to play them.
1: That, that's how I would approach it anyway. I, I'm 100% with you. In fact, I was just, I, I just the other day shared the same sentiment with our, our buddy, Harris Frommer, uh, mm-hmm. where you see, you see people care, compare Meyer, uh, his swing a little bit to Riley Green's swing, uh, at least not necessarily that, you know, they're not the same mechanics and, and Meyer doesn't have the kind of visible power that, that Green did, but they're both considered maybe the most advanced hitter in the high school Mm -hmm. class. And, and I always say, you know, that's what the Tigers should do. They should stick to guys who can hit who they know can hit. So they don't have to tweak anything. And and that's why I was saying, there's another kid, a kid by the name of Dalen Lyle, who I believe is from Kentucky or he's headed to Kentucky. And uh, he's not, he's not the world's best athlete. He's not going to be a center fielder in college ball or pro ball, but he can just hit, he's an outfielder and he hits and he's going to hit. And it's like, you know what? Uh, give me that kid at 32 or 38 too. just give me the kids who could hit and we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Just like you said. So, but, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing, we'll, we'll have a whole bunch of, uh, draft content coming up at motor city bingles here. I think in the near future and, and maybe some mock drafts and, and I it, it's fun for me. And, you seem mm-hmm. to be into it too so i'm looking forward to discussing that but uh yeah we' g- we'll, we'll go ahead and get out of here now we're after we're at about an hour and a hour and five minutes or so and perfect uh, ho- hopefully people dug this episode the uh the rahelio less episode he'll be back next week almost certainly and yeah, uh, i have our
2: leader back.
1: yeah and i'm i'll, I'll be out ahead i'm heading to west michigan with those guys tomorrow and Saturday to uh, we'll oh, be there okay. with with roger and and Jake Bowes and James chipman and we're gonna catch some uh, whitecaps baseball and maybe i'll see spencer torkelson's first home run i i you know what i'm going to make a prediction
2: you are going to see <laughs> Spencer's first home run
1: all right there you go well, sounds good <laughs> maybe maybe it'd be a little league homer but uh, all right thanks <laughs> thanks for joining us and again like we said uh, you know follow us on all your various podcast listening platforms and go ahead and rate and review the show that always helps right so uh sure. until next next week uh thanks for listening